This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. And here. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, you have a host with a cold. Some people call us the host with the most, but I'm the host with the cold. We're talking to Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy. And a bit later, we'll hear from Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. All this and lots, lots more on the Tech Night Owl Live. As you hear, listeners, I woke up and had this crazy head cold. But I am still raring to go, but I will not talk quite as much. I hope not. In ringing up Kirk McElhern, who lives in the UK, I noticed that Amazon has reported a successful test of its drone. Now, as to show you how crazy I am, the drone doesn't look different from the one that I saw in a TV comic book show called Supergirl, where they were using drones to kill people. So I don't think it's the same drone. That's a special effects drone. This is a real drone. So can you imagine, Kirk, you live out, I guess, kind of in the country there. Imagine you order, say, a brand new iMac, and it comes mm-hmm. in a drone from Amazon like one hour later and the drone lands in front of you with this big computer. Yeah. What, you're asking, what, what would I do? Would you even expect it? I think it's only for smaller items. I think it's only for small items, and I would have to be warned because you have to be there to accept it. Well, no, technically, that was one of the things that they promoted. So in, in the UK, most houses have like walled gardens behind them. So one of the things they showed when they, they showed a first video about this was, was something being delivered into a garden. You generally have a locked gate in the back and the house in the front, and so people can't get in. And and I guess that would make sense. We, we actually have a walled garden, but it's like on one side, the wall is only, you know, five feet high or four feet high, so anyone could get in. Um, so it wouldn't be practical here to leave something unless someone was here. And also there are questions of weather. Um, if the weather's bad, do they wrap these in plastic or I don't know. I, I'm I'm still very skeptical about this taking off pun intended. It's just dangerous. And I just can't see, you know, there are privacy issues of these drones have cameras. They're flying over people's houses. They could fall out of the sky. There's no guarantee that you're going to get what you've ordered. I mean, I guess they'll know through GPS and all that if they've delivered something. But if they deliver something in the garden and someone climbs over your, your wall and takes it, then, you know, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. But, you know, frankly speaking, that happens already. We've had situations here where packages were never delivered, a couple of them. And it was Amazon in one case, another dealer in another case, and we have no idea what happened. In any case, let's talk about that a little bit further. Now, one thing that Amazon gains if they can make this drone scheme work is they don't have to hire people to drive or hire a shipping company. They would be doing it themselves pretty much. And I guess they would have a central place where these drones would take off from how would it work 
Well, I think the distance these things can fly is relatively limited, uh, in part because of the batteries that they have, but also I think there are regulations as to how far they can go. So theoretically, you would have to have a whole bunch of little depots, and you'd have drones coming in and out and people loading the drones. You might need as many people to manage this as you do to deliver already. I know that in talking, so Amazon runs their own delivery service here for most of their um, packages. And I've talked to some of the drivers and they have like 200 packages to deliver a day. Um, they come in vans and they start early and they finish late. And, you know, it's a low paid job and they don't get paid much per package. But with all those packages to deliver per day, one person delivering 200 packages, you can imagine it would take one person to put 200 packages into drones and, and, and get the drones back and charge them and all that. So they might not save in personnel, but what they would save is in the cost of vehicles, in you know uh, gas and mileage and all that sort of stuff. And also there wouldn't be traffic, so they could probably deliver things a little bit more quickly. I wouldn't expect this drone system to be used for standard Amazon deliveries. There are some parts, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's the same in the, U, in the U.S. or some parts of the U.K., where you can get like one or two hour delivery for certain items from Amazon. And for me, that's where it makes sense because I think they're getting a surcharge when you do that. We, we don't have that available yet where we are. But I think if you want one or two hour delivery, you pay a surcharge. And in that case, it's worth it for them to have a way of getting something to you quickly rather than putting it into a route for a driver that, that a driver has to follow. Yeah, well, those trucks are expensive to maintain, definitely. Well, they're just plain vans here, you know, like, I don't know, 40 Conaline vans, that kind of thing. I think what they do is it's kind of like an Uber thing. So you sign up as a driver. You've got to have your own vehicle. And then they pay you a certain amount per package, and so you're paying to maintain it. But obviously, um, if they're delivering packages without it, they'll be able to save on that um, any extra cost they, they pay to the drivers. But but again, it's still going to have a lot of personnel to put these packages on the drones. Um, the drones can't carry things that are very heavy. I don't know what the limit is, but it's only a few pounds. So they wouldn't be able to bring that iMac that you mentioned earlier. Um, I, I, what about I, MacBook I think it's gonna Pro? Be, they can bring a MacBook Pro. The package must weigh maybe five pounds. Um, it's a good question. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what the limit is. Um, but remember, the limit of a drone, uh, of what a drone can carry, is also affects the limit of the power it has. So it, it's if, if the package is heavier, it's going to use more battery power to keep it in the air. Well, unless it's cost-effective, there's no reason to do it. On the other hand, it may be a start. Even if it's not cost-effective now, we get a start, then we build out drones that have a wider flying range, can carry larger packages, that sort of thing. I would think so. And, and drones are obviously getting bigger. Um, you know, remember, these are the... What do they call these quadricopters, these little drones? Um, these aren't the kind of drones that they use in the military, which you know have a great deal of um, autonomy. Um, so, uh, you know, this is obviously a process that is um, going to improve. But the question is, you know, in, in what way is this actually useful and cost effective over time? You know, a lot of people do order things that are very small and very light. 
um, I, I got some stationary stuff, some some pencil lead and, and a pad and stuff like that the other day. It was a single order and it came in two separate packages. And when you think about, um, you know, the, the logic of two packages in the first place and wasted packaging, um, but also the fact that it was two separate orders, you know, if they can integrate that more efficiently and hop it on a drone, it'll save time, it'll save energy, it'll pollute less um you know, there are a lot of things they can do, but th we're we're in very early days, and I think it's going to take quite a while before this happens. Well, by the way, when you mentioned a walled garden, I was thinking, gee, he built Apple Computer in his backyard. <laughs> Most gardens here have walls around them. In the house we were in before, um, we were in what they call a barn conversion. So it was this big old barn that had been converted like 25 years ago into four houses. Um, so technically... We were at the end, but technically these are all what they call terraced houses, right, or row houses. Um, and each one had a wall coming out between the house and then a wall around it. So each one had its own walled garden area. And this is extremely common. When you, you look at, you know, average houses in the UK, um, whether you have these rows of, of terraced houses or whether you have pairs of what they call semi-detached houses, they generally have walls around the garden. Um, for privacy, you know, for people with dogs and kids and, and things like that. Um, we're in a semi-rural area, so there are a lot of houses that don't have that. Um, ours just happens to have a wall on, well, kind of two sides, but it doesn't, you know, close around the house at the front and all. So it's not really as closed as the previous house. But it is relatively common in the UK to have a garden that has a wall all around it. Okay, well, of course, having never been to the UK, I feel kind of deprived, and I do hope maybe one of these days I'll be able to get there. We've got Kirk McElhern, he's sometimes called the iTunes guy, and we were talking about Amazon's early, early baby steps to deliver your package with a drone. I'm Gene Steinberg, droning on with Kirk McElhern on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Injury help desk is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention heartburn drug users. If you or a loved one has taken Nexium, Prevacid, or Prilosec to treat heartburn, acid reflux, or indigestion, and suffered serious kidney damage, chronic kidney disease, or kidney failure, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Studies from the JAMA Internal Medicine indicate a significant increased risk of acute and chronic kidney disease from taking proton pump inhibitors. 
listeners, if you or a loved one was diagnosed with kidney failure or chronic kidney disease after taking Nexium, Prevacid, or Prilosec to treat heartburn, acid reflux, or indigestion, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk now. You may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Call 800-225-8944. That's 800-225-8944. Again, 800-225-8944. Call now. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with Principal Office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Back pain doesn't take vacations. It never celebrates holidays. It's on the job 24-7 to keep your life exactly where it is, in limbo. But it doesn't have to be that way because Laser Spine Institute can help you take back your life from chronic neck and back pain. With a less than one-inch incision, our minimally invasive procedures have provided relief to over 60,000 patients with a 97% patient satisfaction rate. So get ready to stand tall and live the life you've imagined for yourself without pain. Are you or a loved one suffering from a bulging disc? herniated disc, spinal stenosis, pinched nerve, or degenerative disc disease? Call our spine care consultants now at 855-519-BACK. For a no-cost MRI review and to learn more, it's time to say goodbye to chronic neck and back pain. Call 855-519-BACK now to see if laser spine surgery is right for you. That's 855-519-BACK. What have you got to lose? Laser Spine Institute, the leader in minimally invasive spine surgery. Are you retired or facing retirement and you're afraid your income is going to be less than you'd like? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and I want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current schedule, creating extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Droning on. That, of course, was the worst. That's good. That's good. You like it? I thought it was the worst pun I've come up with this week. Well, I don't know. We've only been on together for 15 minutes today, so you'll have more opportunities, I think. Well, not really. I think I'm, I'm nursing a cold, so I'm not going to talk much. Okay. So that's oh, is it that with it? Am- that's why they wanted me on, so I do all the talking? That's right. Same okay. thing with Brian Chaffin. You know, he talks a lot, so I said, Brian, you just go, and I'm just going to relax. So, okay. of course, that's not happening. Let's continue here. So the drone, we'll see what happens. They've only tested it a few times. And obviously they have to pass all sorts of regulations in order to be allowed to do this sort of thing. I live in a fairly concentrated area. It's a housing development with about 300 homes. Yeah. And they'd have to be pretty precise. And I'll say this because UPS, you hear that UPS? 
UPS has been known occasionally to deliver a package to me mistakenly to the neighbor's home. Well, do they just leave them in front of your door? Because UPS here, every time I get a UPS, I have to sign for it. No, they just leave it. Oh, no, they don't do that here. But see, UPS is less common here. UPS is, is considered to be a courier service. In the U.S., UPS is just a standard delivery service. So here, it's only high-end delivery in the sense of the kind of things you would pay more to deliver, the, the courier service stuff. So what is the garden variety delivery? Like this Uber-type thing where a bunch of independent well, but that's, contractors that's Amazon with their only. own vans do um, it? That's Amazon only. I believe there's another company that does that sort of Uber-type delivery service. The post office is more the garden-type delivery, actually. We have a number of courier services, UPS, um, DHL. Um, there's another one called DPD, which I don't think exists in the U.S. And other than that, it's either Amazon directly or it's the post office. It's very rare. There are a couple of other small companies. You know, UPS has been around in the States for decades. They, they haven't been here. It was the same in France. In, in Here and in France, I, I think UPS is just markets itself as a high-end service, and they're relatively expensive. I've used UPS a couple times. I sold a, a Mac Pro, what was it, two years ago on eBay, and the safest way for me to send it was to do it UPS because of, um, you know, getting insurance and all that. If you're going to send a, a, a package just normally, you go to the post office here. Here, you know, the post office, Some what they sometimes do, because we're not right near Phoenix, we're a little bit out, they deliver the package to the post office for final delivery. Yeah, my mother's in South Carolina, and she told me that they do that there as well. And she says in particular, when it's really busy, um, the post office can get like a thousand UPS packages a day. And the advantage of that is that they have a lockbox. They have a central area where they have all the mailboxes, two large areas with dozens of mailboxes, and each one is open with a key. And they also have several larger boxes for packages. So what happens here, if you get a package, they'll leave the key in your mailbox if they can't just push the package in your mailbox. If they don't have enough room, they'll bring it to your house. Yeah. But only as a last resort. And quite often stuff we get from Amazon comes that way. Yeah. No, UPS here is always signed for. So it's always the high end um, delivery. But I I get stuff from the post office that I have to sign for as well, um, depending on whether whether the sender wants confirmation. Uh, It it seems to me that it's a lot more common to have to sign for a package here. And it was the same in France than it is in the U.S. At least Amazon is fairly decent if a package doesn't arrive. They're quick about getting you a refund or getting out a replacement. It's only happened a couple of times. I don't know if it was just some problem with the carrier or somebody came to our front door and took the package. But they've always made good on it. Yeah. So there you go. I'm gone. Okay. Let's look at that ever-controversial MacBook Pro again because of the complaints about bad battery life and what may or may not be a solution from Apple to get rid of something. You know, it's kind of like when they had the complaints about the iPhone 4, about if you held it a certain way, the reception quality would drop because you were covering up the antenna. And Steve Jobs would say, hold it differently. That was, that was one of Apple's lowest points, I think. And in this case here, we have people who bought MacBook Pros which advertise up to 10 hours a day battery life. 
before you have to charge it. And that's a pretty standard spec from Apple. All right. You know, it's about 10 hours. Fine. Okay. Some models, it's a bit less. And some people were saying, no, we're getting five hours. For example, we had Joe Wilcox, a former industry analyst that Kirk might recognize. And he's with a place called Beta News. And he was telling me he's getting five and a half hours. Now, with the 10.12.2 update, this is just getting confusing to even remember this anymore. Apple made a change in the way the battery life is displayed. They took something away for everyone. You wrote a piece about this. Yeah, they removed the estimated time that displays when you click on the battery icon on the menu bar. Um, You can see a percentage and an estimated time. And they're saying that the estimated time isn't reliable. So rather than fix the estimated time, they're telling you, oh, but trust us, it's going to get 10 hours. We're just not going to tell you how much time you have left as it goes on. Now, it's true that the estimated time is not reliable, and and I wrote a piece about this, and what I did is I noted um, how much time – I looked at my 12-inch MacBook, and I noted how much time um, the estimate said, and it said it was 93% charged and said it had four hours and 43 minutes remaining. Um, About two paragraphs later, it was up to five hours and three minutes later. And another couple paragraphs later, it was up to 5.33. And then it was up to 5.53. So it's true that it's dynamic because it calculates the the time remaining based on what you're doing with an assumption that maybe what you're doing is indicative of what you'll be doing for the remainder of that time. So the screen is on at a certain brightness and you have certain apps running that use a certain amount of power, that kind of thing. The problem is that it's really kind of, it's just sort of, it's contemptuous to users to say, well, it's not reliable, so we're going to remove it, and we're just going to show you a percentage. Um, Now, some people have said, yes, well, they only show percentages on iOS, and it's always been the case. Um, My thought about that is, yes, but you generally don't use an iOS device for a very long time, and some people do, but it's not the main usage. Um, If you're using your iPhone, you're looking at it for a minute, five minutes, 10 minutes. You're not working at it for two or three hours. Um, so the percentage is actually the best idea you can have on an iOS device, which is constantly going to sleep and being woken up. Um, but when you're working on a laptop, you're more likely to be spending a few hours. And in particular, well, let's say it's the end of the morning and you don't have a lot of time left. You need to know how much time you have left, whether you need to charge it in a hurry or, I don't know, you're going to an airport, do you take your charger out of your your bag or do you leave it in because you have enough time? Um, that percentage alone isn't really very useful for, for an actual computer. Let's go more into detail about this. The time remaining indicator on Mac Notebooks is now history. We have Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
Is there a stock market bubble in the making? You need an early warning system for your investments because you work too hard to be surprised by your money. Now, guarding your wealth has never been easier. Introducing WealthGuard from OnTheMarkMoney.com, an early warning system that tracks all your accounts. WealthGuard lets you know in advance if your accounts are dropping. It works for all accounts, whether you work with us or not. Get WealthGuard today, 100% free. Go to OnTheMarkMoney.com. That's OnTheMarkMoney.com. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. If you or someone you love is suffering from hearing loss, please stay tuned for a special free offer from the makers of a revolutionary hearing breakthrough called Listen Clear. Listen Clear is precisely designed by top audio engineers to fit the ear almost invisibly, and it can be adjusted to find the perfect way to hear everything in every listening environment. Right now, we're offering absolutely free in-home trials to everyone who calls now. 1-800-957-9652. Call in the next 10 minutes and you'll also receive free shipping and free batteries for life. Listen Clear is lightweight and practically invisible, so people won't notice when you're wearing it. So again, if you or someone you love is suffering from hearing loss, please give them or yourself this life-changing 100% free in-home trial with free shipping and free batteries for life. For free information, call now. 1-800-957-9652. That's 1-800-957-9652. 1-800-957-9652 Winter has just begun and are you already tired of being cold? How would you like to never be cold again? This is Dale with Fortress Clothing and I'm here to tell you you will never be cold again with Fortress. If you're tired of freezing your butt off, elk hunting, sitting in a tree stand, deer hunting, winter camping, fishing, ice fishing, no longer fear the cold. If you snowmobile, ski, snowboard, get Fortress. Sledding with the kids, shoveling the walks, shopping, or if you or your spouse get cold feet at home, get Fortress. If you're stuck outside working in the cold or find yourself in an emergency situation, get our winter bug out bag and you will never be cold again. Fortress is the answer, so quit complaining and go to FortressClothing.com. It's a mid-layer garment that goes with anything you want to wear. Enter coupon code RADIO and get 20% off any item. Go now while we still have inventory. FortressClothing.com Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. 
Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Okay, so the decision being made in the morning, do you need to charge your MacBook, your MacBook Pro, whatever? And now Apple makes it more difficult to reach the decision. What's interesting is that the information is there. The system is still calculating this. And in my article, I give a terminal command that you can run um, to find out exactly how much time is left. It's not that the system isn't doing this anymore. It's just that Apple doesn't want to show you anymore. Uh, another option that I mentioned is is a utility called iStat Menus, which uh, you, which uses a lot of different sensors in your Mac, and it can display things like um, I have mine set up to display network throughput and memory usage and CPU usage, um, and I also have it also has a battery meter, and you can set that to use to to display the time remaining in its battery um, menu extra. So there are ways to get this because this information is there. The system is constantly calculating it. The only thing is that Apple's saying, well, we just don't want to show you. And, and that's a bit of a cop-out. That, that's saying, you know, we know it's wrong and we can't fix it. So we're not going to show you rather than saying, hey, you know what? We know it's wrong and we're going to try and fix it, which would be a more Apple thing to do. Well, I think some people think that they're hiding the truth, especially people who have problems with the batteries and their MacBook Pro. It's not really delivering the kind of battery life they expect or think they should have expected and therefore they're complaining but the real way to test the battery life i guess is to do what you're going to do and just see how long it takes for the battery is spent and that's how long it takes for you it may be only seven hours it may be 11 hours but that's how you check it yeah the problem is that when apple does their battery test they use some very specific settings. I believe that they set the brightness to like the middle level and they're running certain apps and they're making sure that these apps that they're running are not very, uh, are not using too much power. I mean, it it's designed, it, it almost sounds like it's designed in a way to give a good number rather than to give a realistic um, usage scenario. Um, I'm, I'm looking on Apple's website. Um, so they have, let's see, they have the brightness set to 75%. Um, they do an iTunes movie playback test by playing back um, an HD movie at 75%. They have a standby test. Um, they browse 25 popular websites um, to do the wireless, webs, um, the wireless web test, which is one of the numbers they give. But what does that mean, 25 popular websites? Is it, you know, the Apple site, which is relatively undemanding as far as CPU is concerned because there's no ads and there's not much JavaScript? Or is it something, you know, full of ads that are constantly updating? Or is it Facebook and Instagram and things like that? So they don't really disclose this. I mean, they're doing a test that I guess for a lot of people represents how they use it because not everyone uses computers the way we do. But that's the problem. When you use computers professionally, it's just not, it's just not realistic. You know, imagine a developer who's using Xcode. They're not going to get 10 hours of anything out of it. They're not going to get five hours if they're lucky. Apple would give two battery tests, regular use and intensive use, and say, okay, for regular use, it's up to 10 hours. 
If you're doing intense stuff, it's five. That sort of thing. I've never gotten the battery life that Apple claims on a laptop. I've not really paid attention on an iOS device because you can't measure it. As I said earlier, you're not using it constantly. Um, But I've never gotten the battery life um, that that Apple has claimed on a laptop. And it's not that I'm using memory-hungry applications. I'm not. Um, When when I work on my laptop, and which I like to do – Um, Many times for comfort, it means that I'm not working on my desk and I'm sitting in a more comfortable chair. And I've got two or three apps open. I'm not, I don't have 15 Safari tabs and 12 apps like I do on my iMac. But no, I've always been disappointed with battery life with with Apple's laptops. As I said, that test therefore is not designed for you. It's a very average test that they always use to maximize battery life. But to be fair to customers, they should have a heavy use measurement don't you think they won't well remember they were pitching this new um macbook pro to pro users and i think it's kind of um contemptuous to assume that these are pro users and that have the same use as far as the battery life is concerned as an average user who's just going to do email surf the web um look at photos on instagram and facebook well the other thing here is is there a problem with the new models I, Apple I claims know, they've tested them, and there isn't. This is the last story I heard. But then some users with the 10.12.2 update assert that battery life was improved. Yeah, that's, that's what I've been hearing, that, that a number of people were having poor battery life and that it's gotten better um, with the latest update. Now, I suppose they did certain fixes that maybe made apps run more efficiently or to address the graphics glitches that had the side effect of reducing power utilization. I don't know. Yeah, there's probably all sorts of things they can do because, you know, if you ever look in the um, console application, this is an application that that displays logs of things that the system does. Uh, You'll see that it's just constantly doing things. And if they can just slow down some of the things that the system is doing in the background, you know, every CPU cycle is going to save a little bit of energy. And there are ways they can do this, that they can tweak the performance by having some things just go a little slower. It doesn't mean you'll see things going more slowly. It means that maybe your laptop's going to scan for a Wi-Fi network slightly less frequently. Um, Maybe it's going to, I don't know, use its ambient microphone a little bit less often to, to detect sound when you're talking on Skype or something. I don't know. There are all sorts of things that it does um, that use power. Maybe it's going to connect to Apple Music or iCloud Music Library less often because every time that happens, uh, it's using Wi-Fi and it's uploading and downloading stuff. So they can save power in a number of ways by just cutting back on how certain apps do very common housekeeping tasks. Well, do you know they're not doing that now? I don't, but I'm saying that that this is the kind of thing they can tweak. if If they know... I'm assuming that there's some sort of a score per task, right? It's like a, a number of, of energy that a given task is using on a given computer. And they've certainly got ways of calculating this. And they certainly know that certain apps or system processes are doing things at a certain frequency. And if they just turn the frequency down, it'll make a slight difference. Now, you know, turning down the frequency of, I don't know, um, checking the ambient light to see if you should change the brightness, right, if you have that setting on. It's not something that probably uses a lot of power, but if you've got 500 different system tasks and you can slow them down just a tiny bit um, 
from, you know, every five seconds to every six seconds. That that alone would save a certain amount of power. But I'm just speculating here. Um, you know, there are always ways you can save um, power and CPU on a computer. Um, and, but w with an operating system, it's so complex that, you know, you'd have to find out how you can do this without affecting other system processes. Now, just to let you know, I was looking at a menu that shows processes on my iMac. It's running 337 of them right now. Yeah, you can see that in, in the Activity Monitor app, which is in your um, Utilities folder, in your Applications folder. Um, no, it doesn't give a number. Where do you see a number? Okay, there used to be a version of iStat menus. Okay. As a dashboard. Ah, right. Okay, I don't have that one. Right. It's not perfect because they stopped developing it several okay. years ago. But I see things like load average for the system, the fan speed, and the number of processes that are running. Okay. okay. So uh, I, I don't have that in the current iStat menus. At least I don't think so. Let me see. I've got um, I've got CPU usage, frames per second, uptime, load average, but not the number of processes. Um, what if I click this? Nothing happens. And no, I don't have that. But in Activity Monitor, you can see a long list of processes, and you don't see the number. But as you scroll, you can see how many there are. It's um, amazing how many things it runs. We've got more to come with Kirk McElhern. Brian Schaffen joins us later on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Lifetime Gray's 100% grass-fed beef has the health benefits you seek. When compared to conventional beef, it offers good fats while virtually eliminating the bad. That's the result of cattle who never eat grain, ever. Rich in antioxidants, including vitamin E, C, beta-carotene, and CLA. No artificial hormones, antibiotics, or other drugs. For all our fresh, non-cooked products with only 100% grass-fed beef, go to MidasResources.com. Use voucher code GCN to get 30% off your order. MidasResources.com or find us on Facebook. We use cell phones against our heads every day. But now, a landmark U.S. government study confirms increased health risks from exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The time to protect yourself is now. The solution is Defender Shield. Proudly made in the USA, Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation emitted from cell phones, tablets, and laptops. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. Use discount code DEFENDER for 10% off. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in EMF radiation protection. 
Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Minuteman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Minuteman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Just sure of the holidays, here's the best way to support the Tech Night Owl live. Become a subscriber to Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com. That's plus.technightowl.com. For a low subscription rate, you get a commercial-free version of this radio show. You can't ask for more. Plus.technightowl.com. We have Kirk McElhern joining us, and we're talking right now about, well, the issues regarding the time-remaining indicator that Apple removed. And you sometimes wonder if this had a placebo effect. Well, if you don't see it, you're not going to complain about poor battery life. But they've had this feature for years. And it's always been imperfect. So why take it out now? Plus, it's you know a very trivial thing to take out. It's just a display because, as you say, the system is measuring this stuff anyway. Yeah, uh, they have had it maybe... Now, I'm trying to think back to the pre-OS 10 days, and I don't remember. So my first Mac was a PowerBook 100, and this was 25 years ago. I seem to remember it had some sort of a display telling how much time was remaining. Because with a computer like that, you were lucky to get four hours of of battery life. And I'm pretty sure that it did have uh, a display like that. So it's, it's something that's been around since a very, very long time. And probably an untouched feature that never got any better. 
so when o, when OS 10 came around after you know the Mac OS 9 and all that, um, it's it's part of Unix. It's probably a standard um, Unix command um, that that just works in any Unix system that returns a whole bunch of power information. The command is called PM set in one word PM set, and you can set a number of power settings like sleep time and things like that, that the kind of things you find in the energy saver preference pane. But I'm sure that parts of PM set are things that date back to Unix and are used on every type of computer. So again, why did Apple get rid of it after all these years? Because of the new complaints? Are they trying to hide something? No, because if someone is still getting poor battery life on a MacBook Pro, they will still complain. They'll just say, well, it's not because of the momentary indicator of time remaining. It's because I charge this thing and I work for three hours and it craps out or whatever it is. Well, but that's the thing. Now you've got to look at your watch and you've got to find what percentage it is. And then three hours later, what percentage it is. And or you just use this terminal command and you find out, you know, the the percentage um, and the amount of time remaining. But I think they're making things admitting that it's not reliable is just like putting a Band-Aid over something and saying, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, right? Yes, we have to do that. So, don't know. Okay, so you would agree then that this really wasn't a sensible move? I, I would say simply that it's the kind of it's the kind of thing that suggests that they're doing something nefarious rather than that they're trying to find a solution. If they said, okay, well, here's the deal. It's not reliable. We're going to fix it and, and all sorts of, you know, explaining what this means and how it works. Then, okay, that'd be fine. But just removing it and then just saying, well, we removed it because it's not reliable. It's like, if it's not reliable, how come you've had it for so long and you've had people looking at this and using it to understand or to get an idea how much power they have left? That was equally inaccurate. If this is just a graphical display of a standard Unix tool, maybe you have to completely redesign it to make it more accurate because it's just something that is provided by Unix. Well, it's certainly provided by Unix, um, but it's certainly something that um, Apple has tweaked because, as I said, it does. Um, uh, and I'm just looking up to find out exactly where it comes from here. Um, it dates to it dates back. It dates back to 2012. Um, and some of its settings affect what's in the energy saver preference pane, um, which is not a Unix thing. But it also has settings. Um, it has arguments you can use to force a computer to boot, um, to restart. You can schedule um, reboots and you can set a standby mode and hibernate mode and all sorts of things. So Some of them are certainly Apple specific, but I'm thinking a lot of these are not Apple specific. I think we forget that, that a lot of things that the system does are just Unix-based tools that Apple's put a pretty face on. Yes, that's correct. Um, you know, this is a Unix system. Um, so the, the, the graphical user interface that we see stands above the Unix system, but underneath it, it's a, it's a standard Unix system that you can access from the command line. Um, just like back in the day, you know, when you see these movies with hackers typing code on terminals, it doesn't look exactly like that, but that's, yeah, that's sort of, um, what's under the hood. Well, what you see hackers do on television and the movies is very unrealistic because you always have the keyboard that makes a beep. 
every time you yeah. type on it. Because you have to know, it's not just a keyboard, it is a keyboard that makes a noise. Therefore, it's a significant keyboard. Yeah, okay. But, you know, those things, they're always bogus. They're always, you know, you, you always see this code scrolling down really fast, as if anyone could read it. Right. Well, that's, of course, you want to make it look impressive. Oh, he's a really powerful programmer, because guess what? Look how fast he's typing those commands. Yeah. Well, not only typing, but, but reading. And one thing um, I noticed the last time I saw a movie with a hacker um, is that they never make typos. You never see them hit the backspace key. They always type everything perfectly. Well, you know, especially the superhero shows, because they're superheroes. They have to be perfect. Do superheroes type? I would think that they use some sort of mind meld with a computer. Well, I don't know. On Supergirl, there was an episode where she is sending text messages to her cousin, who's Superman, and he's sending text messages back to her. Wow, that's really old-fashioned. You know, that's how I guess they talk. You know, they're old-fashioned people. You know, they have all these superpowers, but they're old-fashioned people. But they've got these earpieces, and they're constantly in touch with each other. You know, we're in touch with this organization that fights bad aliens and helps good aliens called the DEO. I don't want to know about it, Gene. No. Seriously? Yeah, he doesn't want to get into that. Not my thing. But, you know, just computers are never portrayed accurately. I mean, you do see Macs on TV because of product placement. But even then, when they're typing on them, they beep at you. I, I haven't paid attention to Macs when people type. Um, but you do see more Macs on TV than non-Macs. I suspect the Microsoft Surface Studio is kind of tailor-made for product placement. Yeah. Well, it's a big computer. So so it, it would be tailor-made for product placement if you have someone where you're doing a shot over someone's shoulder onto a desk because it's a big display. Whereas when you're looking from the other side of a desk at someone, the laptop is better because it's low enough that it doesn't hide their face. So I was just watching um, uh, the James Bond movie Spectre the other day, and Q has a MacBook Pro, although it's got stickers on it, so you don't see the logo. Um, And and he's working on this at his desk. I don't remember if he had an actual desktop computer, um, but you see him carrying the MacBook Pro around him in like a ski lift and things like that. And and with a laptop, you can always get a good shot of the character's face. But with a, if someone's behind an iMac, you can't see them. And, you know, the Surface Studio Pro is about the size of a 27-inch iMac. Except, of course, you could manipulate you, the touchscreen. You can fold it down, yeah. So I think that works well. Yeah. And the original Microsoft Surface, you know, the one with the very big, like the big coffee table with a touchscreen on it. That I see in a couple of TV shows, like the reboot version of Hawaii Five O. You go into police headquarters; they always have this computer. Okay. It's like a huge touchscreen. I know I saw a series that had a lot of Microsoft Surface tablets and and all that recently. I don't remember what it was. Um, so so they're kind of aggressive in placing it into um, uh, into TV series. I think. Um, though I don't know how useful that is in getting people to buy them. Th- though, to be honest, um, I'm hearing from people that the new Surface 
So here's the problem. Microsoft's calling everything Surface, so it's hard to know what they're talking about. Is it a laptop? Is it a tablet? Is it the desktop computer? Um, but I've heard from a couple people that the Surface whatever tablet um, is actually quite good. Well, they have a Surface book. But I agree that, with you. I'm kind of confused about what model is what because it's really, really not the best thing to say. They call it Surface because it's a touch screen, because you touch the surface of it of the display, I guess. Kirk McElhern with more and Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA Pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset Jeans, here to wish you all a Merry Christmas. For over 20 years, we have built a loyal customer base with 100% American-made jeans, featuring enhanced fit, comfort, durability, and style. Today, all of our inventory is discounted by 20%, so don't delay. Enjoy a wonderful shopping experience at gusset.com. Thanks for keeping our American dream alive, the original Diamond Gusset Jean. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Enough of the Microsoft Surface whatever. So just to be clear, you're still Kirk McElhern not going to buy a MacBook Pro, the new one. No, no, no. Absolutely no interest in it, not at the current price. So if it reaches that inevitable time a year or two down where it's two or $300 less expensive, then you buy one? Well, I'm using a 12-inch MacBook that's a year and a half old, so I will eventually need to replace that. Um, I may be able to keep this for another couple of years if I want to, which would be the longest I'll have kept a laptop for, for, for quite some time. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll just see as, you know, things happen. 
uh, I don't know if we discussed this a couple shows back, um, but I'm. This is currently the longest I've had my two computers. Um, so I always have two computers: a desktop and a laptop. The laptop's often for testing, running beta operating systems. Um, you know, doing an iTunes setup when I'm writing my iTunes book, so it's not my iTunes library, all that sort of stuff. And it's my emergency computer in case my iTunes, my iMac needs repairs. My iMac, 27-inch iMac, is two years and two months old, and my MacBook is about 18 months old. Now, I've always sold my computers between 18 and 24 months because that's the sweet spot where you've gotten good use out of them, but they still have good resale value. As you close in on three years, the retail value starts to drop. But I can envisage using this iMac for another couple of years. I can't see, I really can't see what Apple can do to make me need to replace this iMac. I mean, when I bought this, the biggest change was to have a retina display. They're not going to get anything better than the retina display. I don't want a bigger display. The the iMac is more than fast enough and will be for years. Um, And the laptop, it's kind of the same. You know, it's a retina display. It's good. It's thin. It's light. Um, It does what I need. I don't use it a lot. So until there's a really compelling option, I can't see the need to replace either of these. More and more people feel that way. Yeah, and it's natural because we've, we've, I think the whole thing about Moore's Law still exists, but we've just gotten to the point where applications no longer need a processor that's twice as fast as it was three years ago to run. Um, you know, remember back in the day, you'd get a new version of, of Microsoft Office, and it would be really sluggish on your three-year-old computer because it needed the latest processors, and that's not the case anymore. Um, I, I don't know if it's that the processors are just overpowered for what we're doing or if just the way that they do this now with multi-threading and multi-cores and all that makes them more efficient with even with software that can be demanding. I mentioned earlier I use iStat menus, and I have a little thing in my menu bar that shows the, the four cores of my iMac CPU and how much power they're using. And the only time that the CPU gets hit a lot is when I'm ripping a DVD or something with handbrake. Um, when I'm importing CDs in iTunes, it uses maybe a quarter of the total CPU power. When I'm doing anything else, it, it rarely uses a lot of CPU. Um, so, so that means there's a lot of room to spare. In, in what I'm doing. Now, if you've got a five-year-old Mac and you're running something like iStat menus and you're seeing your RAM is, is constantly full and your CPU is, is, is hitting the top a lot, then yeah, you've got a computer that needs to be updated. Um, but, but I think in the past few years, we've gotten to the point where we don't need these updates very much. And of course, this means Apple's selling fewer computers um, and they're devoting less energy and time and creativity to the Mac, which dismays us uh, to a certain amount, uh, to a certain extent. But, um, you know, I'm kind of happy that I don't have to spend more money on computers right now. Well, and I think a lot of people have that decision. I think that's one reason why sales are down, because the improvements year to year haven't been that great with Macs and PCs. So why get a new one? That's one thing. But that's also been true with the iPad. Yeah, uh, well, and it's also true with the iPhone. It's true with everything in computing now. Um, But another thing is that while I'm not um, forced to buy a new computer, um, I I have to have an iPad and an iPhone addition to my two computers. So, you know, um, it's it's not that I'm saving money overall um, because I have more devices now than I did, say, five years ago. Um, 
But, you know, we're, we're hitting a point where the, the feature changes we're going to see are going to be services rather than, than hardware. And we'll see over time, you know, how long can a company like this keep going as sales keep slipping because people don't need to upgrade? Uh, you know, a lot of people aren't buying Macs because they are buying iPads or other tablets. Um, so as Mac sales fall and as iPad sales fall, um, you know, Apple is, is in a situation where they need to build a new product that is different, that is very different. Um, and we don't know what that's going to be or if there will be something like that. Or if we just reach the point where a computer is like a refrigerator and everyone's going to have them and they're not going to be expensive anymore. And and that's all the more reason why Apple should not have had this Mac Pro come out at such a high price. Um, they should have said, hey, you know, we've got this great new feature. It's the same price, which is what they used to do, right? Every new Mac Pro would be the same price but have more. Um, and now they've upped the price. And in, in, in a sense, you get the feeling that they've upped the price because they're selling fewer, so they need to sell it at a higher price. And that's not treating their customers very well. Well, I think Apple should have been less cavalier about the price choice. No, I understand, okay, it doesn't have 32 gigabytes of memory support, and they explained the trade-offs and things like that. But you kind of wonder here whether Apple did this because they realized if they just did another MacBook Pro product refresh, it wouldn't mean very much. It'd just be a computer a few percent faster. But by doing all this, they're saying, look, we got all this major stuff going on, and that creates the veneer of a major upgrade, and they can coast on that for a few years now. Well, I don't know how many few years they can coast on that, to be honest. Um, but it's true that they did need to have something that stood out, as you say, that's not just a, um, you know, not just a tweak, that kind of thing. With regard to that, where the future of notebook computers lies. I mean, Apple is pointing the direction of the original PowerBook to the new MacBook Pro. And they're saying 25 years from now, it's not going to be that dissimilar, but I don't necessarily agree. What? You don't agree that it's not going to be dissimilar? I don't agree that it's that's going to be something that you can trace directly from. I, I'm, I don't get what you're saying here. I'm saying that if you go 25 years from now, which is, what, 2041? Yeah. Okay. I don't think that notebook computer, whatever it is, is going to look anything like what we have now. Well... I'm I'm not sure I can totally agree with you because what the notebook computer is is it's a keyboard and a display. So the question is, will we still have computers with keyboards and displays or will we have tablets that are so good because we need the display, right? That's the one thing we need. Will we have tablets that are so good um, that we don't need keyboards? In other words, everything is done by voice. I, I, I'm still skeptical about that because of the fact that you know, that's not going to work when you're in an office with 50 people and they're all talking. Um, but the form factor of the keyboard and the display probably isn't going to change that much. You know, a TV today still looks like a TV um, from 1950. 
the screen's a different shape. It's flatter. It's bigger. It doesn't have a dial. It's got a remote, and you know, but it's still the same thing. It's still a display. You can't get rid of that display. Well, everything is going to be a display. It's just how the screen is supported. Well, it's no. It's how you input um, data into the device. So, well, yes, of course. The key is here. Will it still be a keyboard and mouse? Or would it be something where you Will it just speak? be tablet with a virtual keyboard and touch? Will people accept that? Um, I mean, I, I, for one, as someone who types very quickly, I cannot type on an iPad keyboard. I mean, I can't type the way I can on a normal keyboard. That nearly is fast. From- we know that. Let's go into more of this in our final segment with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. This is a life-changing message for anyone with sleep apnea who is on the go and tired of dragging around a big, bulky home CPAP device. Now there's finally a portable device that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP. And if you're one of the first 100 callers, you can try Transcend risk-free for 10 days. So call now, 1-800-441-9833. Transcend is the world's first portable mini CPAP device. It gives you the freedom to sleep in total comfort anywhere you are. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. To guarantee your 10-day in-home trial, you must be one of the first 100 callers to call miniCPAP.com now. 1-800-441-9833. Again, that's 1-800-441-9833. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart 
heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Did you know your car can be hacked just like your computer or phone? Hackers can hijack the signal of your own key fob to burglarize your vehicle in seconds. The Black Hole Faraday Key Fob Bag is a signal and penetrable shield that stops these hacks in their tracks. Protect one of your most valuable assets. Go to HackProofBag.com. That's HackProofBag.com. And use promo code RADIO to get 20% off. Or call 805-222-4584. 805-222-4584. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So the question here is, what will the computer be like in 2041? And will you just type on it as you do now? Or will you say, computer, and it will do something? I'm thinking of the movie Star Trek for the voyage home, where they go back in time, the crew of the Enterprise, and they want to make something to be able to store and protect humpback whales to take them on a spaceship to the future. And... In order to convince this manufacturing company to build what he wants from his plans, Scotty offers to give him plans for some future thing. Transparent aluminum or something like that. And he goes to an old Mac, this is what, 1985? And he picks up the mouse and says, Computer! And the person in the plant points him to the keyboard right next to the mouse. And he looks for a second and he says, How quaint! Yeah, uh, but that's what I said earlier. You know, voice is great, but if you have a lot of people in an office, you can't do that. There's too much noise. I mean, maybe maybe they'll develop systems that um, can detect your voice and filter out all the other voices. That's not impossible. But I, I think, you know, 25 years, who knows if we're going to see that in 25 years. You know, we've had computers for 40-odd years, right, personal computers, and they've had a keyboard and a display. Um, we've only had really, really good um, speech recognition software for, let's say, five years. Um, so we've got a ways to go. But I, I can see that the majority of computer users outside of offices and, and professionals um, you know, who do the work that we do will be using tablets, not even 25 years, five or 10 years. Uh, I can't see um, the need. I, I wouldn't recommend to anyone today to buy a computer unless they actually have a need, a professional need or specific application that needs a computer. I would recommend to everyone to buy a tablet or even a Chromebook if they want, you know, if, if they want something with a, a keyboard and display and don't want to spend much money. There, there's also the possibility of that. You've been watching Westworld, right? Actually, I haven't. Oh, okay. Well, they have these folding tablets that fold in three, and there's certainly a possibility of a device like that, but 
the idea of a display that folds means that there's always a line between a line on the folds, right? And I'm not, I can't see how they can figure that out unless there's some new material that's not going to pick up the fold, right? That won't show that crease. Okay, I hear you. I still think, though, that there'll be less and less emphasis on the traditional in- input devices when we have voice recognition that's far, far beyond what we do now. I don't know, but on the enterprise, do they do long letters there? Well, the captain keeps a log, but it's he, a he keeps log. his log, yeah, and, and it's he can a give verbal some log. Long, yeah, he can give some pretty long reports, but you don't know about you know the clerks down twelve decks lower and how much they're talking into their computers. That that's the real question. You know, you're only you're obviously in in a film or a TV series. You're not seeing reality. You're seeing you're not seeing how people work. You're you're seeing what a handful of people are doing in certain situations, and this doesn't correspond to the majority of computers in the world are used in businesses, in call centers, in um, accounting offices, and things like that. Um, this isn't going to change overnight. Twenty-five years from now, will there even be an Apple? Will we even be here? Well, there was that song in the year 2525. Oh, well, that's way too far. Yeah. Yeah. No, we can't go that far. No, we can't. But you won't keep... Come on, let's think positive, Gene. Let's think positive. All right, we'll think positive. Okay. Offhand question here, because I thought about it here, because my computer doesn't have, like most Macs, a built-in optical drive. So I have the... Apple SuperDrive. But someone bought me because I helped them with a computer problem. And they said, do you need something inexpensive? I said, I could use an Apple USB SuperDrive. And they sent me one. Okay. They bought it on eBay. So they paid like, you know, 30% less for it. There's an article in your Kirkville blog about how to rip Blu-ray discs on a Mac. I assume this happens and this is being done without a Blu-ray player. Well, you have to have a Blu-ray drive. You have to have an optical drive that um, that can read Blu-ray discs. Obviously, you don't just okay. like hold it up to the display. Um, I, I so it was my friend Rob Griffiths who wrote this article, and I linked to it. Um, we actually both have the same optical drive because I think he got his first, and I had one that died, and so I got the same one as his. It's a Pioneer. It's a self-powered Pioneer USB three drive, which is really good. It's it's very slim. And it's, um, you know, it's a top opening thing rather than a slide open thing. Um, it's about a hundred bucks. So it's a lot more expensive than a, a standard DVD CD drive. Um, but yeah, you can rip any Blu-ray. Um, and, and he explains the software you need, which is all free and you can rip a Blu-ray and put it on your computer. And so I do this with all the Blu-rays I buy. I use Plex to manage my video library. And I, you know, I find it very practical um, to do this because you can certainly watch on your Blu-ray drive, um, uh, you know, on your whatever's connected to your TV. But sometimes you may want to watch on your iPad. Um, And so that's what I do. Sometimes I'll, you know, watch something in bed on my iPad. Uh, I have it on on a Plex library and I stream it. Well, you know, I have a blu-ray player attached to my tv set i haven't considered getting one for my imac and i've lived without it this long and even the optical drive i do have 
I don't use it that much. Well, I, I don't buy many discs. So in, in Rob's article, uh, he uses as an, as an example a, uh, a Blu-ray of a filmed performance of the Royal Shakespeare Company's Hamlet from this year. And he saw this live when he came to visit me in April. And I, so, so I live in Stratford-upon-Avon near where the Royal Shakespeare Company has their theaters. And they've been filming all of their um, Shakespeare plays for about a year and a half now. Um, so I buy all of them, and I like to rip them so I can watch them more easily than having to fish out a disc and sit in the one room that has a Blu-ray player connected to a TV. But I don't buy that many movies. Rob buys quite a few. He's got two young kids, so he buys a lot more. I don't buy that many. Um, I, uh, In fact, this year, the only ones I bought were these Shakespeare videos. I haven't bought any other um, DVDs or Blu-rays. Um, I have bought stuff on the iTunes store, a couple of things, um, but that's it. Hmm. Well, even with the Blu-ray player, I don't use it that much. You know, it's not like nowadays if I want to watch a movie, I'll get it from Netflix, for example, if it's on there. Or maybe well, I'll rent a movie it's from iTunes. There. So I don't need to buy anything. Hey, Kirk, we're just about out of time. Tell our listeners, please, where we can find more of your stuff. You can find me at my website, Kirkville. It's at McElhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me at Macworld, where I write about iTunes and many other things. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. How confident are you in your food storage? If it was all you had to rely on, would it sustain your family? Hard times, good times, or any time, Numana Storable Food is the proven superior choice. Learn for yourself what happened when one man ate only Numana Storable Food for an entire month. Online at PowerPrepper.com. That's PowerPrepper.com. Experience the Numana difference. America-made food stores all love to eat. Yum! Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. 
Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves, home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products, most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. As many have observed in listening to me for this week's show, I'm suffering from a cold, a touch of the flu. I call it the creeping rot. But seriously speaking, two weeks ago, I took a flu shot. And sometimes you get like a mild case. Yeah. So that's it? This is the mild case? Well, let's hope it's the mild case. My co-host on the other show, the Paracast, says he has something called the Zuni Reservation Crud, which he gets from the Native American reservations here where he lives. I don't know. Strange. Strange world out there. Let's get into some real stuff. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. And I don't know that I'm really that interested in buying one, but I gather you could now get an Apple AirPod. Yeah, you can. Well, but can you really? <laughs> I mean, it, they're being sold, but Apple sold out of its inventory in 20 minutes. Like in 20 minutes, the the wait time became four weeks and by an hour later it was the wait time was up to six weeks. So 
Yeah, they're for sale. That doesn't necessarily mean that we can get one. So they built four. Well, yeah, we don't know how many they built. So, which is interesting because Apple, Apple, of course, isn't actually telling us how many they built. Selling out in twenty minutes could mean Apple built a hundred of them because they 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 went on sale early in the morning. So you know, Apple may have built a hundred pairs. That's probably not the case, though. They may have built tens of thousands of pairs. Or they may have built a million pairs, and they sold out of those. Now, my guess is that they had a mere tens of thousands of these things ready to go. That's my guess. Well, it seems to be always the case in certain products. They go on sale, and then a few hours later, they're back-ordered. Yeah. Well, uh, um, yes, when it... (laughs) I'm 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 quibbling because because I personally believe that it was a mistake for Apple to ship these a few days before Christmas if it doesn't have enough inventory to 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 meet demand. Uh, I I I I believe that was a mistake. I believe that it opens Apple up to to disappointing too many people, and and that Apple should have just taken the hit, made you know, kept making these things through Christmas. And then after maybe the first year, maybe maybe in the middle of CES to, to, to be part of Apple's annual hijacking of CES news without actually being at CES, uh, Apple ships these things and, and, you know, gets the news cycle to have everybody talking about uh, um, the, uh, you know, the happy customers that, that are able to finally get their, um, their AirPods. That, to me, would have been a better choice than any possible gain from a a marketing standpoint of releasing these things before Christmas when they can't meet demand. I don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. It's a mistake. And I, I feel like it was done. I feel like that it was done so that Apple can say they shipped it this year, as opposed to actually and truly shipping it. That's what I really think. They did that with the 2013 Mac pro, but now look at the other thing we have. We have the MacBook pro, which can drive the 15 inch version to 5k displays each with a single cable but only one such display is out there but maybe not out there because it's not shipping wait what display the lg display oh right yeah that's not apples i mean that's that's a whole nother can of worms that now now you're going to get me cranky about um about apple getting out of the display business i am cranky about apple getting out of the display business and pointing us to LG. Don't like it. <laughs> what is strange to me is Apple says, well, we worked with them on the design. Fine. Why didn't you have a fancier looking version instead of one that looks kind of stiff? A fancier looking version and sell it yourself and market it under the Apple name, not under the LG name. Yeah. Apple's been making a 5K display for its uh, iMac product line. For a year and a half now, not quite a year and a half, actually. Why not turn that into a standalone display? And what's interesting is LG makes that display, I believe, right? Makes or, or at least some display? of them. You mean makes the screen for it? Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't know, actually. Right, because LG has made displays for Apple before. But even if LG makes some of them, why is it taking so long to get this thing to market? Um, that is a good question. Maybe there is pent up, uh, maybe they actually had unexpectedly high demand because 
you know, a lot of people have been sitting on the fence waiting for Apple to finally get around to, to releasing a 4K or a 5K standalone display. And when Apple made it clear that they were exiting the business and recommended this display during uh, the um, MacBook uh, Pro uh, media event, maybe that pent-up demand was unleashed uh, on this 5K display. Plus, the, the, the price on, on the LG display is, is uh, compelling. Well, they discounted the price through the end of the year, but you can't get one. Right. Will they extend this discount forever into the future? Um, I don't know. Maybe. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not LG. Why are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that LG is a great marketer, but they certainly make very good TV sets. Um, yeah, fair enough. Um, and this is what, 974 if you buy it through Apple? Yeah. Can you even order one? Um, I cannot add it to my bag. Nope. You can't can't order one. So what's the point? Currently unavailable. Okay. So here's the discount, 25% discount. And if you buy it with the MacBook Pro, it, because of the discount, replaces the higher amount of money you're paying for the MacBook Pro, but you can't order one. Yay. I mean, that's just a great deal. Such a deal. Yeah, it's just the, it's, it's, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't get it, Gene. I'm, uh, I've been pretty cranky for a little while now about, uh, about Apple's, um, 2016 about the the product lines that they've been canceling and about the product lines that they haven't bothered to update in a year two years or three years. Well, we had Kirk McElhern on before you, and he's been pretty cranky for the last few episodes that we've had him on. So yeah, a lot of a lot of us are cranky. A lot of people, a lot of fans are cranky. A lot of Mac fans in particular are cranky. Now, the, the reality is that the broader world really doesn't care. Like you know, the, we we here in the echo chamber, we we in the blogosphere, the the people who are really hyper focused on Apple and the rest of the technology world. We probably care about a hundred times more than your average Joe cares. But anyone who's paying attention, when you go, when you go and you want to buy a new, you want to buy a new uh, MacBook Air, or you want to go buy a new iMac, or you want to buy a Mac Pro, you don't want to go, you know, go in and buy multi-year-old technology for for the for today's prices. And there are people who, who are going to notice that sort of thing and uh, uh, whether or not they're, they're, they're involved in the echo chamber like we are. Well, and just think of it this way. The one thing that might change in this echo chamber is we'll have less fake news to debunk. Because now, of course, fake news is going to be flagged by Facebook. So all those stories that Apple didn't do that and thus and so, and Apple's going out of business Wednesday, they can't do that anymore. Maybe they can. They just get it flagged. This is fake news. You can't say that Apple's going out of business Thursday. You can say that. Yeah, going the fake the fake news problem is more political than it is technology. Well, it's also more of the fact that a lot of people are taken in by it. You get those stories out there, and people tend to sometimes more than sometimes believe them and that's what makes things so screwy in any case we have more to come with 
Cranky Brian <laughs> Chaffin of the Mac Observer. <laughs> Wait, do you see what they referred to my name as? This is the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. The EPA says the air in our homes is up to five times more contaminated than outside air. The solution is not just to filter your air, but detox it. UVforlife.com now offers a doctor-recommended UVforlife.com sterilization unit to kill over 99% of viruses, bacteria, molds, and dangerous chemicals. Go to UVforlife.com. Add promo code GCN at checkout to save $100. That's UV, the number four, life.com. UVforlife.com. Don't just filter your air, detox it. If you or someone you care about loves outdoor adventure, then check out Slingbow.com for some unique holiday gift ideas. That's Slingbow.com, where we have some innovative new products for the archer, hunter, or bow fishing enthusiast in your family. Now through January, use the promo code HOLIDAY to get free shipping in the U.S. or Canada. And from all of us at Slingbow Industries, have a safe, joyous, and peaceful holiday season. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her four-seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah! No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-848-6333. That's 800-848-6333. 
This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer does not want his name mispronounced. You know, when I was a kid, Steinberg, you think it's easy to pronounce, right? Sure. And we had kids at school, and they'd say Schnitzelberger. Yeah, but they're just being racist jerks. Well, there is that, yeah. You know, and, you know, when kids are, what, 14, 15, they don't know any better. Yeah, jerks. Yeah, even if they weren't being racist, they were being jerks. In any case, Brian says he's cranky, Brian, (laughs) because Apple has not done nice things for its users. So, for example, take a look at the past year. The only Mac that came out the first part of the year was a refreshed MacBook. Then they introduced the MacBook Pro, and they haven't stopped complaining. Where's the 32 gigabytes of RAM? Well, Apple has not offered 32 on a MacBook Pro. And if I'm wrong, correct me. Microsoft doesn't offer a Surface Book with 32 gigabytes. Let's see here. Surface Book RAM options. We're going to use that little internet thingy thing. And um, see if we can't figure that out. Uh, You may be right. Haven't figured it out yet. He's trying to figure it out. This is spontaneous radio, by the way. Yes. Yes, it is. Let's see. 16, 16, 16. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Of course, you know, a difference, a difference here is that it's not a pro machine necessarily. It's not being, it's not being promoted as a pro machine. The MacBook pro is by definition, a pro machine. Here's the real reason why a lot of people are cranky. Here's the reason why I'm cranky about the MacBook pro and its 16 gig limitation. The 16 gig limitation is in part because the processors available, I believe it's the processors available from Intel that support the low power version of RAM that Apple is using because Apple is very keen about low power only supports up to 16 gigs. If Apple were to put in a, a processor that supported more RAM they wouldn't be able to use the low power version. And if they're not able to use the low power version, this thing would chew through battery like nobody's business. And Apple wants to be able to have some battery life as, as one of the features it offers. Now there's actually some issues with battery life on, on these devices, but that's another discussion. And, and so the, the issue comes in where, it's form triumphing over, over function because 
Apple Apple doesn't have a lot of room for battery life because they've made the MacBook Pro so thin. But when it comes to Pro machines, people aren't asking for thinner. People are asking for power. They're asking for battery life. They're asking for graphics abilities. They're asking for ports to a certain extent, right? They're not asking for thinner. So to say that Apple couldn't use this larger processor because then it would chew through battery life is to ignore the fact that the MacBook Pro does not have to be as thin or as small as it is. It does not to satisfy the Pro demand. And it's supposed to be a Pro device. So why not go ahead and make the device be powerful like the Pro users actually need it to be? Apple is trying to serve multiple masters here. They want something with a lot of battery life but it's still slim and light and has some pretensions of being a professional product. So it's a compromise. Well, okay. It's a compromise and it's in, and, and compromises tend to stink when it comes to design in particular. And the, this fetish that Apple has with thin and eliminating features in order like, okay, like I, 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 I am one of those people that is that is okay with Apple eliminating the headphone jack mainly because on the iPhone 7 mainly because I like the the waterproof that you get from that right I, and and I dig that the but the fetish that Apple has for thin and the way Apple pulls features out of a device so that Apple can make it thin it, it has become problematic to me. Of course, the ports. Let's talk about the ports. Why did Apple do it this way? Uh, you know, why, why eliminate MagSafe? MagSafe is, has been a godsend. MagSafe is one of the most awesome things that Apple brought to laptop powers. And this is the ability to – a MagSafe uh, charger um, connects to your uh, MacBook Air – or your old MacBook Pro or, or your MacBook. No, not, not the MacBook. MacBook, it, the devices that actually have MagSafe. And it connects ma magnetically so that if you end up tripping over your power cable, it's going to yank the cable away from the Mac without breaking the port or without breaking the cable. It's been a godsend. It's been a terrific, terrific feature. And with the MacBook Pro, the new MacBook Pro with the touch bar, there are four USB-style ports. Two of them are Thunderbolt 3 and, and two of them are USB-C. And your charging is done through those. You don't get the option of doing MagSafe. You don't get that tearaway option. And I, that, to me, is not a good trade-off. MagSafe is awesome. And, and I feel like MagSafe has gone away for the sake of that darn thing being thinner and that's a terrible trade-off it's a ter it's a terrible compromise so you think a company like apple could not provide a separate magsafe charging adapter on that new box um i well apple could do just about whatever apple wants to do right apple has all of the resources a apple eff effectively has unlimited resources you know the, the, apple has more money and resources than most countries at this point there's nothing that apple can't throw money at if it wants to which is a, another reason why like so john keat who writes for us um he has a column that he writes for us called the devil's advocate the way he put it is that apple's doing less and less with more and more 
And that's the part that's befuddling. When, when we go two years between updates on MacBook Airs, when we go 18 months on updates uh, to, 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 the, uh, to the iPad line, when Apple uh, seems like it's getting out of the airport business and when it does get out of the display business, when, MacBook Pro, when Mac Pro hasn't been uh, updated in three and a half years since it was introduced – these things become super frustrating considering how much money they've got. Well, the thing is here with regard to computers, put the Mac Pro aside. The annual changes and improvements in Intel hardware haven't been very much. You're talking about a few percentages, so maybe it saves power. But say for desktops, it doesn't make a heck of a lot of difference. That's part well, of it, isn't it? Well, that is maybe part of it. But um, when it comes to the Mac Pro in particular, there have been some new processors. And uh, there's certainly been new video cards. You're, you're buying three-year-old video cards at full price. And there, are, there have been substantial improvements in video cards in the last three years. Well, that, there's been stuff. There's been stuff that's happened in the last three, three and a half years since that device was introduced at WWDC in 2012 in June. That was 2013. 2013. Sorry, 2013. Thank you. That's very strange too, because what would it cost Apple to upgrade the parts and keep basically the same design? I don't know. I, I'm assuming that that part of it is. The form factor is so specific. This form factor is so specific to the components that were um, that were being uh, that, that that were used to make it that that updating it has become problematic. I'm, I'm guessing that has something to do with it. I, I don't actually know, of course, because uh, goodness gracious, Apple doesn't tell us. They just keep selling the three year old, three and a half year old technology for full price. So Apple would put itself in a box there. Uh, yeah, this is, this is a prison of Apple's own making. Yeah, this is, this is, this is, this is sort this is sort of like, you know, okay. What part of what I think is, is happening is that Johnny Ive needed Steve jobs to yell at him and tell him to go, to go back and do it right. Which he did with the iMac. If you remember, if you like the, the G4 iMac, let's go back to that in a moment. We've got Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. 
It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Hi, I'm Rick Osick, president of Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we are fighting to end premature birth and birth defects along with the March of Dimes. You can do something today to give them tomorrow. Your support means programs, education, life-saving research, and a voice for families in the newborn intensive care unit. Together we can save babies' lives. Give them tomorrow at marchofdimes.org slash tomorrow. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, Johnny Ive gets smacked by Steve Jobs, and we're referring to a G4 iMac. Say more. The story told by Steve and Johnny at the time was that Johnny's design team, Johnny and his design team had come up with some um, some ideas for doing a flat screen iMac. So this is the transition from the original G3 iMac to the G4 iMac. If you remember what Apple Shift was, this uh, really neat uh, device where the computer was in a round base, the dome, and then they had this amazing arm holding an LCD display. This is the articulated arm. And before you go on, let me tell you the quick story. The quick story is we got one. My brother-in-law and I got one for his son who's handicapped. And one day someone breaks in to steal something. And what do they steal? Just that computer. Go on, Brian. Fascinating. The the story that, that was told by Steve and Johnny was that Johnny come up with some other ideas and, Steve took him on a walk and basically said, you know, do it again to think differently. They went back to the drawing board and came up with the, uh, the eventual design that shipped the, the, that white G4 iMac. And we know that that happened on, on other products too, where, where Steve jobs would, you know, halt the presses and, and make things be done again, re- redone or designed or over and started over or whatever. And, Johnny has has such an amazing design sense, and he is he is truly a gift to the world when it comes to design. But I don't think he has anyone to smack him around anymore. And I think that that design and form have started to triumph over function in ways 
that are you know that represent this the pendulum swinging too far towards design. You know, no one is screaming about the, the, the Apple. You know, like I would buy this new device if it was only smaller. Apple has pushed so many boundaries there in, in so many great ways, right? An iPhone being thinner is not going to sell more iPhones. To, to at least it seems to me that to be the case. And a smaller, thinner MacBook Pro, I don't think is going to sell more MacBook Pros. That's not the thing that people were complaining about with the MacBook Pro. So if they were looking for a laundry list of things Apple could have done, that wasn't it. What about the touch bar? Did anyone ask for a touch bar? No, uh, I and I think that the touch bar is, is really neat. I like the touch bar. I can't wait to have a standalone keyboard with the touch bar so I can use it with my iMac. Um, I would, I, I am considering going back, my, my, uh, my portable, I'm lucky enough that I, you know, most of my work is done on iMac, but I've got a MacBook Air that I uh, write on when I'm out and about. And I would consider going to the MacBook Pro to get the, to get the touch bar for my next uh, for my next uh, laptop purchase but that is a that that's a situation where where function is what triumphed and and i like that 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 that's great that's a great change there is by the way a free app that kind of duplicates the touch bar on your mac screen you get a feel sort of for how it works of course you can't touch it you can use your mouse but that's how things go so if you were designing a mac pro you'd use more powerful parts you'd have a larger box so if the battery life wasn't as good at least you get a larger battery in there apple could have made macbook pro thinner and smaller without it being as thin and as small as it is and i would stick more battery in it (laughs) because pro users want more battery power so this was a misstep. So is the problem here that Tim Cook doesn't give Jonathan Ive a spanking? He just says, yes, sir, instead of, wait a minute. There's no editor who goes to Johnny and says, this doesn't work. I don't doubt that Tim Cook is a harsh taskmaster. I don't doubt that at all. And um, people think that he's too polite or he's too nice i believe that they fundamentally misunderstand tim cook tim cook tim cook is not bombastic and his way of dressing you down is to use a quiet disapproval that i've read accounts of uh that is incredibly effective the issue here is not whether or not tim cook is strong enough the issue here is whether or not there's anyone at apple who has more of a design sense than Johnny Ive and has the ability to connect with what users need or want, whether or not they know it. And that was, don't get me wrong, that was Steve Jobs' unique gift, right? I mean, Steve is a one in in a billion person when it comes to to that particular combination of of skills. And so I, I don't really know what the solution is. I'm, I'm identifying. I'm identifying what I think might be the problem. That doesn't mean I have the solution, and I don't think I could do a better job of running Apple than Tim Cook by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just not happy with what the company is doing right now. It, 2016 Apple released 
14 products, and that counts the AirPods. 14 products Apple shipped in in 2015, which was not a banner year. Apple shipped 23 new products. 14 new products in a year for a company of Apple's size is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We have products that are still being sold for brand new prices that are two and three and then three and a half years old. And then Apple exited markets. It exited markets during 2016 too. And, and, and why is Apple exiting products when those products are part of Apple's ecosystem? Like why is Apple asking me to put an ugly third party monitor on my desk? Why is Apple doing that? Why is Apple wanting me to use wireless networking gear that is outside of Apple's ecosystem? Why? Why do that? I, I understand when Steve Jobs cut out products in the mid-90s because the company was in financial turmoil. They needed to focus carefully on products that were delivering a good return. They really didn't have the resources. Now they have unlimited resources. They can do all sorts of things. And I agree. The display, why not? Why discontinue the airport line? Of course, that's not official. But it's just a published report that the people who worked on the airport engineering team are going elsewhere. Certainly, Apple will continue to supply Wi-Fi hardware on their products. But do they feel that Wi-Fi is so generic now they don't need to be part of it anymore? Of course, a lot of people get Wi-Fi routers with their ISP. Maybe that's part of it. You know that that could be part of it. Uh, of course, um, yeah. The, la- the last company on the planet I want handling my networking is is my ISP. But you know that's just me. Uh, I think another part of it is uh, this was a theory put forth by Dave Hamilton at the Mac Observer that the future of home wireless networking is mesh networking. And this is a different way of managing traffic. It is a different way of uh, actually making your your uh, Wi-Fi gear. And that Apple decided that making wireless gear, waking, making wireless technology was outside of its core competency and that and that it should just leave that particular product um, uh, niche to those companies that specialize in it, which there's certainly a certain, there's a certain wisdom to that. And in addition to that, he, he noted that when Apple got into the airport business, it had to, because Apple was pushing Wi-Fi. Apple was the first company to push Wi-Fi. Let's go into more of that and why Apple is giving up products in our next segment with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features and, most important, 
It's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. The EPA says the air in our homes is up to five times more contaminated than outside air. The solution is not just to filter your air, but detox it. UVforlife.com now offers a doctor-recommended UVforlife.com sterilization unit to kill over 99% of viruses, bacteria, molds, and dangerous chemicals. Go to UVforlife.com. Add promo code GCN at checkout to save $100. That's UV, the number four, life.com. UVforlife.com. Don't just filter your air. Detox it. Honey? What is that in your CPAP mask? Oh, that's just my mold collection. Oh, gross. And what is that? What, that bacteria colony right there? Yeah, cool, huh? Okay, CPAP users, admit it. You're not always as careful about cleaning your system as you should be. Unfortunately, a dirty mask and hose can make you sick. Respiratory infections, allergy attacks, and more. But now there's an easy way to protect yourself. SoClean.com has released the world's first and only automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. It kills 99.9% of CPAP germs in minutes. For a limited time, you can try it risk-free for 30 days. Just call 1-800-944-1065. SoClean is hands-free. Just pop in your mask, close the lid, and presto, your CPAP comes out clean and fresh in minutes. Don't let germs wreak havoc on your health. Call in the next 10 minutes for your risk-free trial. 1-800-944-1065. That's 1-800-944-1065. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest-priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. 
If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Okay, Brian. Mesh networking. We should really explain that to listeners. That's kind of like having a bunch of small routers as opposed to one big one, right? Well, it's it's about using routers to I'm trying to figure out how to, how to explain this because first of all, I'm not an expert. And uh, second of all, it's, it's a little bit complicated. So it's about using multiple routers and allowing those routers to handle traffic uh, a- as they can so that instead of just extending a network and having multiple routers all pretending to be the same network, Mesh networking allows uh, individual routers to handle the traffic that that they're being that they are best suited to to use at that particular to handle at that particular moment, and probably it's also, therefore the traffic that is closest to them or getting the strongest signal. But that's almost like a cell tower. Yeah, actually, that's funny. That you, yeah, it is kind of like that. And they also get to prioritize and they get to make decisions about about network, uh, the the traffic that's going through through them. And it's uh, uh, they they also have the ability to um, make sure that your entire house, as long as you have the, the correct number of devices, that your entire house is actually being served by the network. So it brings a lot of benefits to to networking. And this is basically this this sort of stuff started off in the corporate world in the IT world. And now it's being brought to home networking uh, too. And it is probably, I believe that Dave is right, that, that this is the future of, of uh, wireless networking for home users. Also, we have HomeKit. And we have another extension of wireless networking to control devices in your home. And that's part of it also, isn't it? Well, it seems like it should be. It seems like if I'm going to be using HomeKit devices, and if if Apple ever truly makes a, a HomeKit hub and some kind of device to compete with things like Alexa and Google Home, it seems like I would much rather have that on my Apple network than a non-Apple network. I mean, like you know, Apple's whole widget thing about making all of the pieces so that you you have this this one ecosystem that you're that you're operating from within. That to me is lessened by not having Apple networking gear. And if Apple truly has reassigned its airport engineers, it does probably mean that Apple's leaving that market at some point. And I don't get, I just, I don't get why. I don't get why. Apple should become the best mesh networker on, on the market, not exit the business. Well, we don't know officially what Apple's doing. That could be what they are doing. Maybe they are working on such a product line. It is in the world of possibility. It doesn't seem to be the case. It seems instead that the, that the engineers that were making airport gear have been reassigned to other projects. Well, it goes to this also. Did Apple sell a lot of airports? I mean, you go to the store and you can choose an airport or you have any of dozens of other products for half the price that may technically, even if they're not as easy to use, technically be as good or better. Well, okay. So then why not make your devices better and less expensive? I mean, Apple's still selling airport hardware at the same price that it was introduced. 
I guarantee you their production costs have come down during that time. You know, Apple hasn't updated its airport line in a long time. Apple asked us to invest in or invest our data in uh, in the time machine, and Apple sold us the time capsules. And yet, Apple hasn't updated that stuff in a long time. So, yes, you can go to the store and you can buy cheaper products from competing brands, but that if if you if you if you use that as the reason for Apple to get out of the business, I would instead say, why not instead make your products better and update them? <laughs> it's it's been years since airport stuff has been updated. So yeah, maybe Apple isn't selling a whole lot, but it's it part of that could be that it was too expensive and hasn't been updated. So update it. And Apple makes no effort whatever to push the product. It's just there. Right. Once upon a time, Apple did. But yeah, it's just been there for a while now. Well, you see, part of the problem with Apple also is they're not telling us what they plan. There's no end game to any of this. All we see is, okay, the iPhone was updated, maybe not a spectacular upgrade in some areas, but it was upgraded. The iPad, we heard nothing about. The Mac, we had one model with a controversial configuration. And then we had a mild refresh earlier in the year, and that's been pretty much it. Okay, a new Apple Watch. But Apple Watch is not an Apple's volume product. Yeah. I'm with you. Preach on, brother. Okay, well, I can't preach because my voice is shot. (laughs) But I'll let you preach, brother. Uh, I don't like it. How's that? I don't like it. I don't, I, I, uh, Apple should be, should be, see, here's the deal. I am not one of these people that is screaming about Apple, not releasing a new disruptive product. And I'm because, because those products are going to come when they, when they come. I, and I am confident that Apple is working on new disruptive products and they're in the pipeline. I, that's not my beef with Apple. My beef with Apple right now is in its complete lack of ability to iterate the products that it already has. Something that Apple used to be able to do just fine. You know, we used to marvel at how awesome Apple was to be able to update all of these different products every year. And that was before Apple had all the money on the planet. And I want Apple iterating its products. I I will wait for the new disruptive products. I will wait to be amazed when those products are ready. But I want their existing product lines to get the attention, care, and love that they need to improve. And if I'm going to be asked to pay a premium price for an Apple product, because the prices we pay are premium prices. If I'm going to be asked to pay that premium price, I want a premium product. And a MacBook Air that is almost two years old is not a premium product. A MacBook, a Mac Pro that is that is three and a half years old is not a premium product. There are PCs on the market from a performance standpoint that will crush the Mac Pro. Yet I'm being asked to pay prices that are worlds and above higher than what those those uh, high end PCs are costing. This this is a disconnect. This doesn't. This does not make sense. I I it is a failure on Apple's part to as again I'm gonna the cite um, John Keat, my writer John Keat. He he called it Apple's failure to scale. 
you know, Apple's gotten bigger and bigger. Apple's added uh, and uh, has multiplied its its uh, corporate headcount many times over. It has all of the money. It's really jacked up R and D spending by by orders of magnitude, and yet we're getting less and less out of the company. We've got Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer getting more and more out of him because I have a head cold and I'd rather have him talk on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. CalBen's Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled 
file tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-615-7709. That's 800-615-7709. 800-615-7709. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Owl Live, the argument about Apple. What is Apple up to? Why so few new products? And why nothing is being said by Apple as to what's going on. I mean, when the Mac Pro was updated in 2013, there was an email from Tim Cook a few months earlier, we've got something coming out. And obviously, Apple, I think, used the word desktops maybe one time or two times in their press opportunities. But they could say, we have a lot of stuff coming in the Mac space, whatever. Just stay tuned. Tell people something's being worked on. Apple has never been a company to communicate its roadmap. It's actually been both a strength and a weakness in the company. It, it's it's part of what helps generate millions, if not billions, of dollars in free press because because the world does tend to be, you know, waiting with bated breath to see what Apple's going to announce. So it's been a, a big part of Apple's marketing to simply not tell us what they're going to do. The flip side is that when Apple doesn't do anything, we get cranky. This notion of secrecy works when Apple is releasing new products and delighting us. But when Apple isn't bothering to release new products, we get cranky about it. So to that extent, it's a self-inflicted wound. I don't necessarily think that Apple should be ditching its its long-vaunted and much-hyped and well-used secrecy. I do think instead that Apple should bloody well release new products. Bring on people to help you release new products. Iterate those products. Iterate the products that are already out there. Do what you need to do to bring those new versions of what's already out there to market. This this has been Apple's business model since Steve Jobs came back. You introduce a new disruptive product and then you iterate on it. And you keep iterating on it, and you keep doing that until until you replace it with something else, and you work on bringing out additional new uh, product lines and, and rinse and repeat. We're not getting the rinsing or the repeating right now. And nothing's being said, so that's where it compounds the problem. You see, you right. can get away with one but not the other. So if you're iterating, you know, well, every year you're going to get the new product, even if nothing is said about it. If there's no new product and no announcement, it just makes everything all the more disconcerting, frustrating. Yeah. In a nutshell. It takes only one kind of person to do nutshells. 
what kind of person is that, Gene? A nut. Okay. Well. Let's move on here because we can just go on, be frustrated, and never stop. Other subjects. Now, some time back, I read that Yahoo had had hundreds of millions of accounts compromised, email accounts. And it hadn't been brought up, I guess, to the attention of Verizon, which is buying them. And now we get the statement this few days ago that the number was not hundreds of millions, but a full billion. Ouch. Well, this is a separate data breach. Okay, this is another one. This is not the same one. It's not the same one. That's even worse because... If it isn't one thing, it's another. So you have one data breach. Now you've got a second data breach. This is, what, 2013? Yeah. If I was an executive of Bean Counter at Verizon, I'd say I'll give you a dollar and a half for the company yeah. at this point. Yeah, it is, it's, it's, fairly, uh, it's fairly shocking how many problems Yahoo has had on, on the security side. And this, this, this breach is just, it's just, it's huge. And, and it was... It was done by a state brokered, uh, state sponsored uh, hacker. Uh, I don't know which yet, but apparently someone does. It's a uh, yeah, security's the thing, isn't it? Well, it shows here that I would trust nothing to Yahoo. I'd be afraid just to go on their site. Who knows what they've got going on there? Yeah, if you have a Yahoo account, you should go change your password right now, and you should make sure you should make sure that you don't use the same password at any site like n- never use the same password at multiple sites and if you have a yahoo account you should go and change your password right now i mean the data breach has already happened you know pe- pe- this state sponsored hacker um has already gotten data including personal data and um, uh, date of birth and, and various things like that. That 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 stuff is already gone. You you can't change that. But if you have that a Yahoo account, you should go change the password now. Like like now. In fact, if you got a Yahoo account, cancel it. Can you? Can you do that? I don't know. That's a good question. There's a lot of people that actually use Yahoo despite the company's problems. So yeah. You know, I, are they, are they just going to stop using Yahoo for their email and the other content that they get from the company? Well, that's a good idea. Is Yahoo giving you anything with their email that you can't get as good or better from Gmail? Um, yeah, all right. Fair enough. Plus, you know, with Gmail, you also get the added benefit of having all of your email read so that they can market to you. So that's that's really cool. Of course, Yahoo may be doing that, too, for all I know. I don't know. Does Yahoo even offer a better news site? I don't think they offer I mean, a better news site. There's people that still use Hotmail. I mean, you know, I mean, people don't like to change their email. Once, once they have it, they like to keep doing it. Well, you see, what I opted to do, which is very different, which is what you do, is I have my email account connected with my business. Yeah. So I have an email provider that we use not expensive it's a place called polaris mail and has the virtue of being located outside the u.s i don't know if that gives me any better security or not it's in canada if you want to know but they have a pretty secure environment they've got two-factor authentication it seems like a pretty good service and we've never been down ever 
even when my servers had problems. So I continued to use them. And as I said, it's not expensive. It's cheaper than some of the email packages that are out there. But that's what I do. I guess if you're going to use a free email service, Gmail is as good as any. Except, of course, for the issue, if you go online, they're looking at your email and scraping the text and everything for ads. But if you just use it in Apple Mail with an email client, you don't have that problem. Yeah, of course you do. Well, they're looking at it, but it's not giving you ads. Uh, no, but yeah, but your but your private life is still being plundered for app for for Gmail's uh, uh, profile that they build on you. So, so you know, so this it affects the ads that you get served everywhere else on the on the internet. So, who do you want to plunder your information? That's the question. Well, I personally, here's the irony: we at the Mac Observer, we actually use Gmail to handle our uh, corporate email. So, you know, <laughs> here, I am, here I am complaining about it, but we definitely use them. But if you're using Apple's iCloud service for your email, Apple is not reading your email. Apple is not compiling a profile uh, on you to sell to advertisers. And they're not reading your email to, to learn more about you. So, you know, if that matters to you, use Apple's service. But Apple doesn't let you use your domain email, as you can do with Gmail. So you have a MacObserver.com email address, right? and your company has signed up for a specific package from Google. That's one thing, because it's not necessarily free. If you want all the frills and everything, you're paying a monthly fee or an annual fee for that package. It's not free. But if you want free, well... You have to give up something. Maybe Apple should be doing that too. Apple's trying to get more and more into the services. They should let you use your domain email with iCloud. It isn't iCloud.com or Mac.com or whatever. It could be MacObserver.com. It could be TechNightOwl.com. Right. They should be able to do that if they're so interested in services. We're telling Apple what to do because we can. They won't listen to us, but that's how it goes. More to come. I'm Gene Steinberg. This is the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year, You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live-underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional, off-the-grid mobile survival bug-out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. The EPA says the air in our homes is up to five times more contaminated than outside air. The solution is not just to filter your air, but detox it. UVforlife.com now offers a doctor-recommended UVforlife.com sterilization unit to kill over 99% of viruses, bacterias, molds, and dangerous chemicals. Go to UVforlife.com. Add promo code GCN at checkout to save $100. That's UV, the number four, life.com. UVforlife.com. Don't just filter your air. Detox it. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So anyway, the upshot with Yahoo is I don't see anything spectacular so spectacular about what they offer that I really use them. I still have the email accounts set up years ago, but I just don't use them. I don't access them. And there's nothing in there that anybody would really care about. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, Yahoo is going to be a footnote in tech history sooner rather than later. Well, it's kind of like AOL. AOL is owned by Verizon. And the way AOL email is online, it's very strange because 
you check the email and they let you check one message. And when you want to go back and check another, you have another page of ads. You have to go back to the mail page for every message. You first have to go to the ad page or the information page and then return. You just can't continually look at your email. You can't forward AOL email to somebody else, to some other account. So for That's example, fantastic. Is that, is that great? So if mm-hmm. I want an AOL.com email account and I want all that mail forwarded to one of my work accounts, I can't do it. I mean, they have third-party things that can do that, but AOL basically is giving you bottom, bare-bones email. Why do we keep it up? Because I have an email account with AOL set up 22 years ago, and it's got a name without the numbers in the email address, if you get my point. Yeah. And because of that, I continue using it. On my Mac with Apple Mail, I don't go to AOL.com very much at all. Fair enough. I've heard nothing, nothing at all about AOL or anything since they were acquired by Verizon. It's like invisible. Yeah, well, it was pretty invisible before that, too. So, you know, AOL is also a footnote in uh, tech history. Yahoo is going to join it. These are realities. And this is what happens. You know, things come and go for sure. Yahoo. Forget about them. We'll go on. I mean, is it even worth getting one of these free email accounts because of the trade-offs in your privacy? Well, yeah, from Apple, yes. But, of course, that's not really free because you you do essentially need Apple hardware to, to use this stuff, not technically but i mean it's free because it's free because you're you're paying premium prices for apple's hardware apple's free email service is absolutely positively worth it i have used gmail too like if i need to set up a gmail account for uh, to register for some game or something like that uh, i will but i'm i'm not actually going to use that account for anything so you know they're welcome to profile it and scrape it and do it or do whatever the heck they want i mean you know with anything if when something is free you're the product. In today's technology landscape, if you're using a free service, you are the product. You are the one who's being sold. You're being sold to other people because nothing it, it, it nothing is free. People like like free. I don't I don't like free. Let me pay for my stuff because I don't want you to sell me. I am very much an aberration there. Most people don't care about this. Most people only want the quote unquote free, but it's not free. Someone is making money. The service that you're using is being paid for somehow. And it's either being paid for because you're being served ads or because you're being served to advertisers. Your data is being mined and resold, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If it's free, you're the product. You kind of insulate yourself from that in a way if you provide only the minimum amount of information that maybe a Yahoo or a Google needs and use a regular email clients, so you're not seeing the ads. Sure. But you, the profile with Google still exists. There's still, you're still being served ads through Google's various ad platforms on, you know, wherever you're browsing anywhere. If you're in any kind of app that is showing ads from Google, you know, I mean, you're, you're still a part of Google's advertising machine. We're all a part of Google's advertising machine. I personally try to minimize my, my part in that, but that doesn't mean I'm not a part of it. It's just as simple as you start searching for something online, check a few companies out, and suddenly you will see ads in all sorts of sites with similar products. 
Yeah, well, right. And I don't, I don't even mind that. If I'm using a free search engine and they're looking at what I'm searching for to serve me relevant ads, that I don't mind. Where I get cranky is when my email is being read or when my calendar is being looked at or when my texts are being read or when the apps that I'm using are being read. Like, you know, I, I, I am personally less cranky about having the 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 service that i'm being that i'm using having data being used within that service i get crankier when all of my stuff is being is being plundered i that that's that's when i get cranky like i said i know that i'm an aberration on this i know that i know that like you know <laughs> I, i'm well outside the norm in the way the way that i care about this stuff as we say cranky brian is showing yes. the crankiness. Okay. I just want to say something before we go. I'm looking at these stories. So the new Super Mario game for iOS and iPad, it's like it's causing Apple servers. It's putting Apple servers into overload. This is a game. What you know, Super Mario goes back, what, 20 years or something like that? More. Yeah, it's it, one of the well, earliest it, it goes games. Back to Donkey Kong. It's one of the earliest computer games that people played. And you have a new version, and it looks just like the others to me. You know, maybe fancier artwork. But was that enough to bring down Apple's servers? Think about it. Well, it's the first time that the Mario franchise has been brought by Nintendo to to mobile devices, and to iOS in particular. So it's it's kind of a big deal that way, but you know, fans of the Mario franchise they they love the game and they want to play the game, and it's uh, it's also being marketed heavily by Nintendo and it's being marketed heavily by Apple. You know, if you look on the App Store as of this speaking, as of this particular moment, if you look on the App Store, every single banner at the top of the App Store is a Super Mario Run banner. We, we saw that with Star Wars. Or Apple did that with Star Wars for, uh, I think, for Rogue One on the iTunes store for movies. But this is in the App Store. It's the first time I've seen it in the App Store. Apple has an exclusive. So this is exclusively an iOS game for an specific amount of time. And Apple is uh, uh, dedicated a blog post to it, posted a, um, a video where the, uh, the, the creator, the, 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 the original creator and product manager for, for the Mario franchise, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, where he draws Mario and a couple of characters from the game on an iPad Pro, specifically with an iPad with an Apple Pencil. This is being heavily pushed by Apple. And let's forget now, Mario is a plumber from Brooklyn. That's the character. Mm -hmm. And to make it even funnier, they actually had a Super Mario Brothers movie back in 1993. Mm -hmm. And the guy who played Mario was Bob Hoskins, who's a British actor, was a British actor. He's no longer with us. Of course, he played the detective in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not into Mario, but if you enjoy it, as we say back in Brooklyn, Mazel Tov. Fair enough. Brian Chaffin, please tell our listeners where they can get more of your stuff, cranky or otherwise. Cranky or otherwise. Well, you can listen to me on the Apple Context Machine. That's a podcast. You can find that at MacObserver.com. And uh, you can read me at MacObserver.com, too. You can find us on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl. 
we have a second radio show for you to check out. It's called The Paracast at Paracast.com. And this weekend on The Paracast, we have one of the few true academics who's into research into Bigfoot, followed by the name of Dr. Jeffrey Meldrum. Really cool character at Paracast.com. Also, check out the best ways for you to support the Tech Night Owl Live. Holidays or not, it's called Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot We offer the commercial-free version of this show, higher-quality audio, so you can really hear my head cold in all its glory this week. Check it out, $4.99 a month for the monthly package. We have annual five-year lifetime, plus.technightowl.com. Brian Chaffin, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.